Welcome to Golden Great Collaboration SS Podcast, empowering Asian American stories from the gold rush to gold olden. Thanks for joining us for episode four. This episode we're featuring Salvador Abiera. His Instagram is Fortify Strength, and his actual handle is Fortify underscore STR. He is one half of a team of two doctors of physical therapy, gamifying fitness through science and witchcraft. One thing I found interesting about this story is that he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his career. And what kind of kept him focused is that he had a constant throughout his life is his passion for storytelling and use his storytelling to help heal people. And so that's kind of a theme this episode. We're going to talk about like what our passion is and what we always go back to, you know, these constants in our lives. What was your constant you had in your life? A constant in my life would be drawing comics. And I really always loved um, comic book art. I mean, comic books are actually kind of pricey if you keep collecting them and buying them. So I see why people don't really have a large connection collection nowadays. But it's easy to always, you know, access them online. And I think growing up, you read a lot of manga at mm-hmm. Barnes and Nobles or Borders. You just sit there. I certainly did that while my parents would work. Um, so I really drew inspiration from that. But I didn't draw manga art. I drew more stick figures or what I knew. And in middle school, I would used to do that and draw comics of things that happened between my friends and I and kind of pass that as notes for them. And I know some of them still have it to this day, and it's really sweet. And just seeing the evolution of, you know, my drawing skills, because art has always been a way that I express myself. And I almost lived through my comics. It's how I vented, and if I was arguing with my parents and I wanted to run away, I wouldn't actually run away, but I would draw myself running away in the wee hours of the night. And that was how I got all that anger and frustration out. Long, what has been a constant in your life? Um, The constant for me is martial arts. Um, I did martial arts when I was eight. I was always bullied as an Asian American kid, so my dad put me in through that. And I stuck with it for another eight years. And although I don't practice as much more, also that storytelling of martial arts passing down tradition and ideas kind of stuck with me and that got me into more pop culture and into comics as well too story telling of superheroes the journey and stuff actually my instructor was one of the stunt doubles in the Power Rangers movie cool so that was kind of cool yeah and um what do you know which Power Ranger he was a stunt double for I think the red one (laughs) yeah wow top one yeah and um unfortunately he passed away he had a heart attack but um I always remember those lessons. That kind of shaped my life for the better. I mean, um, I never thought I'd be a personal trainer yeah. and working in the fitness, and I've been doing it now for like nine and ongoing years. I'm not stopping anytime soon. And Congrats on your soon-to-be 10-year anniversary. Right? Just a decade. It's crazy, right? Yeah, and it was kind of a joke. People assumed I did martial arts because I'm Asian. I was like, but yeah, I did. So, That's but funny because I also had that experience. Yeah. I think a lot of kids have that. At least you go through that a little bit, right? You learn a little bit about martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned Jeet Kune Do, which is Bruce Lee's martial arts. And I actually learned under someone, my Sifu, or the person who was head of my studio, actually learned from Bruce Lee himself. Mm-hmm. So they had that personal connection. It was pretty cool. And what I thought was interesting about Jeet Kune Do was it's not like the stuff you see on TV. You don't use spears, and it's different from Taekwondo. You don't use sticks or anything like that. With his style, you basically use the force that people put upon yourself, you know, how they attack you, and you push it back onto them. 
that energy. So you're really just, you're kind of defending yourself, but also reversing that energy back onto your attacker. It's not super aggressive. Um, so it's very interesting, but I didn't do it for very long. <laughs> <laughs> and I only got into it because my brother was, um, he admired Bruce Lee a lot. Yeah, but that's kind of cool. Like, even though, do you remember any moves? I remember like we did this chicken wing thing yeah. um, and so I always thought see that's why it's funny because like oh I didn't you know connect the two yeah martial arts of a chicken wing like putting <laughs> your hand in that kind of style yeah um, so it was interesting but I still like Bruce Lee's stuff to this day and yeah. he has a lot to teach and actually he has a podcast um, obviously he doesn't host it yeah um, but his wife and his daughter do Shannon and Sharon Lee and it's called the Bruce Lee podcast, and they talk about his philosophies and life teachings. Mm -hmm. So definitely check it out if you haven't already. But isn't it interesting that for you that you don't remember the moose, but you remember the lessons of philosophy, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and now you still continue learning and expanding through the podcast. Yeah. Um, and that's the cool thing about martial arts for me, that in a grand scheme of things, it's like a pop culture reference, and like we learn from it. So it's interesting that you remembered chicken wing, right? And that's what Sal's doing. He's using these cues that you could mentally remember. So how many years has it been since you've done it? Oh my God, it's been like more than a decade. So it's like he transformed back into that. Oh, I remember them teaching me this and saying, this is the chicken wing. And I'm like, what the f bleep? <laughs> <laughs> and that's really important that like we have these cues yeah. to teach someone because, you know, when it comes to um, physical therapy, you want your clients remember to do these things yeah. and they're so they can be so robotic and having that where um not only has bruce lee ingrained in your brain um the idea of chicken wing that's i don't know down. if you use that term but that's what um my teacher did and that's like you know um like the translating something for you to remember so yeah. maybe if bruce lee told you something if he was still alive and to tell you you wouldn't remember but then this instructor is working with you and told you that cue. Yeah, so another cue that I think everyone knows is the Hadouken, right? Like, when, when I say the words, do you know, would you know how to do it? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's Street Fighter that you play in arcade, but there's also that Street Fighter game you play as an icebreaker. Yeah. Do you remember the move, how to do it? Yeah, it's kind of like almost Dragon Ball Z, like, like, Kamehameha, and you just have your hands in a fist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the importance of, like, traditional martial arts as these movements that are literally going down generations and we're borrowing some for like physical therapy or we're using in video games. Um, so the, the history of martial arts, how we even got to their first place was, you know, back in China, when, um, when China wasn't in a communist government, there are all these small tribes and small communities. So to teach um, martial law and have like protection for each of these little um, communities, they were teaching these set of moves that were all strung together called katas. And with that, you, they would line up everyone in front of the instructor and they do these moves over and over again. And that was just a, a good way to teach everyone all at one time. They didn't get individual training. And these you know, styles had like, we're mimicking animals, like s snakes, um, cranes, tigers. And those lessons, those cues carry on throughout the generations, right? But kind of the important thing about that is like, you know, yeah, those 
the authenticity of martial arts has bled into our pop culture. So, you know, like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and even like our films we watch, like The Matrix, are using these really important like moves that are authentic and we remember those things. So that's what Sal does with his work. He taps into pop culture, geekdom, and these moves that we all recognize. Like, so if I say the Hadouken, everyone can perform the Hadouken. If I, as a personal trainer, tell you to squat, put your knees behind your toes, put your both arms to your side, you would not connect those words. Yeah. Just saying the word Hadouken is three syllables. And so what he's doing is using, you know, technology of filming CGI and moves that we all know we can imagine ourselves using like references like Dungeons and Dragons, like even just like fantasy aspects of like wizards and stuff and tapping to that memory and expressing himself and trying to heal community of gamers that don't um, fit in with the idea of fitness. Because when we think of fitness, we always think of just like, you know, Instagram models, um, planks, stuff like that too, stuff that we don't want to do. But he's trying to change it of like stuff you want to get excited about, gamifying um, his craft. He's taking something unconventional that we don't normally associate with physical therapy, such as gaming, and combining the two by using popular culture cues to help people remember these lessons that he's trying to teach. So you're taking something as developed as physical therapy with all its medical terminology and breaking it down into something that people can relate to, normalizing it. So if you want to hear the full interview between Salvador and Long, here it is. Welcome to Go to Great. This is Long Vo, and I'm with Salvador Abira. And Michelle is with me as well, too. They are related, just to. What do, you, what do you call that? We have to disclose something? Uh, disclosure agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Disclosure, she is related, so don't yep. sue us, whoever. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> I'm just over here holding the mic. <laughs> so how's your day been? Uh, it's great. You know, I uh, love this city. Uh, love coming to San Francisco. There's so much food here, and uh, it's just like I always gain a few pounds every time. So it's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's just go back, back. Where are you originally from? Like... Where were you born? Originally from, originally from, from that, Los Angeles. That question. Yeah. Los, LA? <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I was actually born in the Philippines. So um, I was born in the Philippines and I came here when I was about like almost four. Mm-hmm. And then I grew up in West Covina, uh, the uh, setting for uh, my crazy ex-girlfriend. So that was pretty <laughs> go- cool to see our city kind of highlighted that way. It's pretty accurate, I think. Not <laughs> really? Filipinos, not enough Filipinos. Well, I mean, the guy is Filipino. <laughs> but that's not enough. But that's not enough. <laughs> there should be more Filipinos. Um, but yeah, um, and then I grew up here, um, and then my sister came after. <laughs> yeah. But here is in where, exactly? Same in uh, West Covina, California. I Got just it. grew up there. Um, uh, when I went off to UCI for college, uh, my family moved to a nice house in Walnut. Mm-hmm. That's like right the day that I moved into college. Yeah, they they moved into Walnut. So, always a big question for every Asian American: What was your major, and how did that kind of steer where you are now? Right. So, yeah. Uh, initially, I was a, a pre-law major. I was political science. Uh, towards the end of my towards my end of my uh, undergraduate, though, I t- took a lot of film classes, which. Um, we'll get into but basically that kind of set the framework for me working with visual media making videos uh for the rest of uh, like until now but 
I did want to go into pre-law. Uh, I did want to go into law. I took the LSAT even, but I decided that I didn't find law to be my destiny. Mm-hmm. I did not want to practice law. It was more fun to study it than to practice it. So from there, I kind of went on this windy path doing random things, tried accounting, took some business classes, and then I ended up going to uh, physical therapy afterwards. Uh, long winding path, but I think it's all circling around. Um, and it's, it's it's kind of awesome to look back on your life and see how all the dots connect afterwards. Isn't that amazing that if you go to a university, you can take minor classes instead of a trade because you know that um, like all the acting um, cast of like Crazy Asians, they're like, they're pretty much their resume is like doctors, lawyers and stuff like that. So we can pursue one thing and then like fall back. So it seems like you're doing all these things, but then that, that taking those like film classes carried with you out of all things, mm-hmm. right? One of the most, uh, the best classes I took at UCI was a creative writing course uh, where, because most people just took the kind of, yeah, just get all of the, the stuff done, then go back into, uh, you know, bio. Mm-hmm. But I decided to kind of break it up, take classics, and then I took uh, creative writing. Mm-hmm. And that really changed my life because it was the first time I was able to kind of write my have no not too many guidelines and just kind of write my own thing and then get feedback from the entire class who would read it and that changed kind of that might have changed that might be one of those changing points as I look back in the future because I really got to see like hey you know people are appreciating my creativity people Mm -hmm. like what I'm doing and it's really great to get this feedback so I can get to be a better storyteller Mm -hmm. and this is what really kind of inspired me to do more creative things Mm -hmm. rather than just kind of stick to law so that's when i started um doing more video stuff Mm -hmm. kind of after that and that's when i took the film classes what was the most influential thing about that class that just stuck out for you because it's Mm -hmm. really hard for people to actually like tell their narrative tell the truth and sometimes well you know like um being in my 30s like and how old are you i'm 32 right so it's like this is the age like like for us mm-hmm. like hope thank god we figured it out but like we see people around us like get into the midlife crisis because mm-hmm. for me i feel like oh you didn't really get to tell your story mm-hmm. right you followed this path and you did pre-law or whatever and then you're like something's missing that's where a lot of people end up quitting or or they get their tesla i think the um the most inspirational part of that or the thing that really moved me the most is up until that point, you feel like you're on kind of rails. You're like on like a railway that this is just your path through life. But I think having that ability to that freedom to kind of not have these guidelines and kind of do your own thing and, and, and then to say that's okay, mm-hmm. realize, it makes you realize that it's not like a railway. There's all of these different streams that you can go down mm-hmm. um, that that are just open to you and yeah. really you have the choice to do those things and and, and it's those choices that are going to determine the rest of our life so i think just that freedom to be able to kind of do your own thing uh made a big impact on me and and impacted the choices i made for the next 10 years after that so you mentioned law what made your destination now so like i said i had this long looping path i uh tried accounting i tried making my own videography business and then i started investing and i i it i was just kind of lost 
but I have this, I was really lucky. I was able to, um, you know, be successful in investments and all these other things, but it, it, I just felt empty. Like I felt like I was not accomplishing anything for anyone. And I had this moment where I was, um, eating with uh, my mom at a, at a restaurant. I think it was like Fogo de Chao or something. <laughs> uh, so we we're eating our steak and, um, she just got a call from one of her nurses. So she was the administrator of a home health agency. Mm-hmm. And the nurse was going crazy and saying like, hey, you know, um, this patient's going to die. Like, uh, what do I do? And my mom was really calm, got it through it, uh, saved the patient's life. And she just hung up and, um, you know, just kept eating. Mm-hmm. Like nothing had happened. And I realized like, hey, you know, my mom, she just saved someone's life and she just doesn't even care. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something so typical. And mm-hmm. it just, it's just like, it's just common now. Yeah. And it made me think like, hey, you know, this is kind of like something that I want. Yeah. I want to be able to help so many people that when I do help someone in this way, it's just common. It's not even like yeah. something big. Right. And that's, I think, what set me off the path into um, to healthcare. Yeah. So initially I wanted to do, um, you know, med school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took all the med school classes at USC. Um, I actually applied took the MCAT mm-hmm. um, I actually got into a DO program but um, when I was looking at that acceptance I had this long talk with my friend who was in school med school at the mm-hmm. time and he kind of almost he just basically said like hey look if you um, really want to do this then do it mm-hmm. but this is what I this is what my life looks like and um, when he told me he was like not sleeping 18 hours a day of studying that's all he did mm-hmm. he had no life and it was just like endless mountain that he always has to climb i realized like i don't know if this is like you know what i want yeah. you know so i had another moment but my dad is a physical therapist mm-hmm. and i had all the credits basically for physical therapy already mm-hmm. so i said hey you know maybe physical therapy is something better for me maybe it's it allows me to have a little bit more kind of freedom mm-hmm. and work with people in the way i want to which is through musculoskeletal mm-hmm. um, injuries and um, initially, I was a little lukewarm on it. But as I went through my program... How come lukewarm? Lukewarm just because because um, I wasn't really 100% sure like what I was going to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I still had that kind of salary mindset. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at the salaries of what MDs and DOs make versus like what a therapist makes, mm-hmm. um, you kind of question like, hey, look, you're paying a lot for school. Mm-hmm. But is this going to be worth it? Yeah. But when I saw like how um, these physical therapists help people, Mm -hmm. how they help them get better, how they spend all of this time with their patient, build this rapport Mm -hmm. and and help them to use their own bodies to get better, then I knew that was for me. But initially coming in, I was still kind of figuring things out. Yeah, because I think when you're growing up and like you're, you're told this narrative of like, like have a salary, have something safe, mm-hmm. and then help the world. Like think about yourself. But they always say like put the gas mask on mm-hmm. you on the airplane before you put on the baby, exactly. right? right? But then there's there is just a price gap like point of like as long as like I can feed myself and have a house, it's like why put myself like why earn that more when I have to sacrifice more? So you're you here you are trying to find that balance of like mm-hmm. you know I do take a pay cut, but I actually can get a enjoyment that you're filling exactly. that hole again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's exactly it. You know, uh, yeah, I could get paid a lot as um, doing these other things, but what lets me have my time? Because no matter what, like that's the only re- 
resources we don't have uh, that we we can't renew mm-hmm. we can always make more money and i'm realizing now that with my pt degree i can leverage it to even like do some awesome things like what we're doing in fortify strength and i wouldn't have had that luxury if i if i went to med school i'm, I'm not saying that it, there's anything wrong with it it's just like I realized it wasn't for me and like I realized that I could help a lot more people by going to physical therapy than if I had gone into um, med school and um, you know I, I don't ever regret that decision I, I love I love what I do I love my profession and I'm just so like there's like a fire inside of me for 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 physical therapy and I just want to do what I can to move the profession forward now yeah so let's reframe like so it's like you know this is what they talk about being a jack-of-all-trades right mm-hmm. so like you're now using your love for like video games and storytelling and like all this like this kind of like pop culture and like using with a di- new frame lenses looking at PT. Do you feel closer to um, your craft of PT and health? Um, like uh, of course, like when I see how all of these things that I've loved growing up and how the, the things I've learned through my whole like um, kind of twisted career. Um, when I see how it all kind of connects together with this physical therapy being the glue, it, it's just super inspiring to myself. Like, um, I realize that it's almost like destiny, all of the things that I've done. So it kind of validates this kind of weird path I took to get to where I am. And, um, and it, 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 it can't make me happier. Like, I just feel like my life is just like, I'm, I'm swimming down the right river. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you feel about the narrative? What, like, you know, it's just like, cause our parents, like really care they want to do the best for us when they you hear like an older generation when you're like drawing you know wolverine or you're doing something and they're like put that away that's not going to get you anywhere you got to be studying it's like looking back now how does that feel okay yeah no so i realize like now um this is gonna affect me when i have children of my own but so uh now now what i've learned is that education is more of like a continuum right Mm -hmm. um it all kind of can come together as long as you're bettering yourself as long as you're learning something that's the most important thing it doesn't really matter what yeah because everything can kind of cut like put together and i realized that taking these disparate ideas and kind of mashing them together that's how you make something special yeah that's kind of what we're doing with physical therapy because literally no one as we did our research like no one is doing anything similar to what we're doing taking physical therapy and doing this creative side to it um you know go make these cool videos like no one is doing that and um it just came from all these disparate ideas that kind of just smashed together because you think about it right if a child spends all his time driving wolverine Mm -hmm. it's like they're wolverine like pretty buff like mm-hmm. superhero he actually drags you draw the anatomy mm-hmm. the more and more he keeps drawing the anatomy right and then yeah. also like rpging like you, you start thinking it's like okay my character's strong oh no i have to replenish my health mm-hmm. i have to do these like these things to keep my character in shape mm-hmm. right and that's what you're doing with right and, exa- and that's exactly it man like um it's really interesting to see that like a lot of gamers they actually when you put them on a fitness program they're like they get it because mm-hmm. they they have their goals, mm-hmm. and now they're like, "Oh, what's my mission today? What's my mm-hmm. mission today?" It's 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 this mindset that's been created through these video games that actually can help move them to the next level. I, I read this great book um, called Super Better, and mm-hmm. it talks about gamifying and like how gamifying can kind of change everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it's totally true. Like when you have a mission, when you have these quests, when you have these power ups, this is like how you can get to the next level. And um, 
it, it, it's something that we're so like inspired by and we want to take advantage of. So how do we take these things you learn when you're playing video games and how do you use that to increase, like, you know, move you forward in the other parts of your life in fitness, for example, yeah. how do you use gaming to increase your fitness? How you, to, to how you uh, talk to other people? There's so many ways that we can use gamifying to uh, kind of move us forward. So it's it's just very awesome awesome to use all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I won't lie. Like, um, I would like freaking drink a Red Bull's like um, energy level plus two, <laughs> yeah. life expectancy down seven. Yeah. <laughs> like napping, he's yeah. like lost three hours, like gain twenty hours of partying time. Right? Exactly. It's like you can just yeah. think like that. And the, that's what we do in our videos. You know, when you do exercise, like oh plus one core or like hey minus one, uh, you know, energy, something like that. Yeah. So let's talk about the duality now, putting the one practical thing mm -hmm. and then the creative thing. Mm -hmm. Can you go into that? Sure. Uh, so um, the one practical thing, you mean like like going to like healthcare? Or? No, now we're going to talk about the business. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, okay, the sure. Oh, yeah. So um, that was my segue. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so what we've done, um, we've created a company called Fortify Strength. Um, it's actually Fortify STR, and then that is a callback to um, a video game. So str we're already kind of pre-screening for people if you understand what str means and that means strength then you're the you're our audience right uh so after all of this windy path for 10 like almost 10 years i went into physical therapy so me um and my partner norman we got our doctorates of physical therapy we just um finished we're just studying for boards right now and we realized like hey no one is uh no one is talking to gamers no one's talking to nerds and and geeks in the fitness industry and these people have just as many injuries and just as many problems as any other population but when we looked at social media no one was really kind of talking to them because in a way they're athletes right so you yes. think of a basketball player mm -hmm. playing hours and hours on end and they're grinding their knee trying to do that free throw shot mm -hmm. like people that work in the office they're like athletes of like yeah. Like they're like kind of like NASCAR. They call them industrial athletes. Industrial. Or, yeah. So basically, um, when we when we actually so I had a sports orthopedic class and we had to do presentations on like athletes on a certain type of athlete or injury, mm -hmm. and we chose the uh, e athlete mm -hmm. and we're like, what makes a person an athlete? You know, it's ability to push your body past like what you would consider normal, right? Mm -hmm. And these uh, e athletes, they actually have some crazy injuries. They not only do they have like the carpal tunnel, they have the back pain, neck pain, um, shoulder issues, but they also have like random things like uh, it's just called like spontaneous pneumothorax, where basically their lung just collapses like for no reason. Mm. And uh, they're still trying to figure out why they have such a high prevalence of mm -hmm. that. But it's because like their breathing is not, you know, great. They're, they're in, in a, a same posture, a bad posture for like hours at a time. Mm -hmm. They don't move. They like, they kind of like, they stop breathing. It's weird because they're so focused on the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is just like, um, like there's uh, the people who do sports shooting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of similar. You know, they need to work on their breathing. They need to work on these really structural things that that will allow them to game for 15 hours at yeah. a time if you're going to ask your body to do that you know you have to prepare for that otherwise you're going to get injured yeah the the number one way people get injured is they push their bodies past you know how, how they've trained for yeah right so if you push your body too fast too too hard too fast um you know that's when injuries happen so yeah. that's that's what we were saying we were like even in the like 
even in the e-athlete industry, that's now a multi-billion dollar industry. It has 80,000 people watching the League of Legends, oh, 80 million people watching the League of Legends finals, which is like three times more than the NBA finals. We, even though there's all this money in it, no one is looking into the healthcare of these people. Mm -hmm. No one is actually training them like athletes. And then that trickles down. No one's looking at these office workers. Not really. You know, no one's looking at the geeks and nerds who have all of these conditions. So we're, we, we said like, hey, you know, let's take all of this creativity that we have in us and let's put it all together and let's create this, um, let's create this company that speaks to this population and let's, uh, let's find a way to open up the communication boundaries so that we can help them. Mm -hmm. Because uh, as a physical therapist, I can only help one-on-one -on -one the people. Like it's, it's based on my time, mm -hmm. right? But if we go into uh, internet and social media, it helps us kind of cast a wider net and mm -hmm. it helps us to reach uh, much more people. And we're just focusing on that niche that means a lot to us who are these. Uh, yeah, so can you go into the craft of what you're doing exactly? How to get um, bridge the gap of like telling these e-gamers and just like people, because when we think fitness or we think like m masculine testosterone, like big gym stuff, we don't actually think <coughs> about like, oh, like what you do and you love doing fitness can make you do that longer and you live prosperous. Like, can you go into that the, where you brought your creativity and storytelling into this? Okay, so um, what we started with is we're really focusing on Instagram. And uh, what we're doing is um, a lot of people in my industry, in the physical therapy industry, are trying to kind of break into this uh, Instagram world. So what they do is they make fit uh, exercise videos. They have like, oh, you know, if you want to work out your uh, lower back, there's, these are some exercises you can do. But we noticed that they're pretty clinical and they're already kind of talking to the people who are already into the fitness world, but no one was necessarily targeting these people who've maybe never exercised before, who've never set a foot in the gym because they're intimidated. So what we did is we were like, we, how do we make this engaging and how do we make it fun? How do we make people want to try something? So I looked back on my life and I said like, what made me want to do these active things I like? And the answer was always the same is because it looked interesting. It looked like something I wanted to do. It looked fun. Yeah. So this is how I find like, um, found my own active, um, activities. Like I, I take uh HEMA, which is like a, uh, historical European martial art. Cause mm -hmm. it looks fun. Cause like, I like swinging a sword, mm -hmm. but I realized as I was taking that class, Hey, this is exercise. Mm -hmm. So what we are trying to do is, um, we try to make engaging content. So we get up, we dress up in costume. Um, we, uh, make these really fun videos. We have special effects and we do, uh, these exercise videos. I'm, I'm making quotation marks, but, but it's, it's, it's more trying to get people interested in hate and say like, Hey, that looks fun. You know, I think I want to try that. Yeah. So, uh, we, we made like this one video, um, where you're kind of doing a medicine ball and I would call it a squat and press. Yeah. That's what, that's what it is. Right. But, With a medicine ball. But that's a very fantasy term, exactly. right? And no one really gets yeah. that if you told someone on the street. So we called it a fireball flow. Um, so we had my friend Norman, who was the, who was my partner and we, uh, kind of did the same exact exercise, but we put special effects on there. We put cool audio. So it was more like a fireball. So it's like you setting up and chambering a fireball and then kind of shooting it out. And yeah, doing squats while you do that. Because when I'm a personal trainer, I'm a, um, no, I am. A when I am personally training, I'm trying to tell my clients like, all right, uh, put your hands to your hip and give me a squat. They're like, what? It's like, oh, pretend you're Ryu. Mm -hmm. And then they click, it clicks, right? right? Exactly. Right. So they, it just works in so many ways. So not only is it like getting your attention, because now it's like this uh, well shot video with special effects. But now you're like, oh, that looks fun. 
oh like oh i get it now it's just like like ryu so then you're it, it just works in so many ways to 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 help someone right and it and we're just trying to get those uh the, th the boundaries that are placed between like let's say clinicians and um and patients mm -hmm. and um just kind of break those borders so we take all of the evidence-based stuff that we learn in school mm -hmm. and kind of just try to get it so that the average person can understand it and and put it in a fun way uh some of the things that we're gonna be kind of talking about can kind of be controversial because there's so much kind of we call it nocebic language that's going mm. around. So nocebic language is language that creates an effect. So even though like what you're telling them may not really affect them physically, mm. because of the way you construct your narrative, um, it can lead to bad effects. Mm. So one of the things is when people have back pain, what we used to do or what, what a lot of people, even doctors and such do, is they'll tell them like, hey, you know, you need to get surgery, your, your back is really bad mm -hmm. it's 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 gonna like you're gonna die you're gonna get paralyzed <laughs> if you do exercise you yeah. will be paralyzed right so like the words they're just words right? yeah but it can have this effect on someone that now they're like scared to move now they're scared to do anything because like oh i'm gonna die i'm gonna get paralyzed if i do it right and also even goes to the like well since i don't die screw it there's no no, no point of going because right. they sometimes mm -hmm. and it, but also that's like a f funny narrative where um, culturally, mm -hmm. right? For some cultures, like um, when you hear just something <laughs> negative, it's like, oh, then you become pessimistic. Mm -hmm. As some people actually get to call to urgency, and that's kind of the code switching. Where like, if you do that narrative, like mm -hmm. uh, have an authoritative, uh, like telling, then like you feel like you you don't have power, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I just finished my last clinical at um, uh, Sniff in mm -hmm. uh, so skilled nursing facility in Westminster, which is crazy Vietnamese yeah. like there's so many Vietnamese people in in Westminster I think maybe might be the biggest uh, Vietnamese population outside of Vietnam and um, all of my patients like 95% of my patients Vietnamese mm -hmm. so it was very interesting to see how um, I would try to convince them um, that they were okay mm -hmm. because uh, the way that I had to talk to them versus my other clinicals mm -hmm. where I had more more of a mixed community mm -hmm. was very interesting. So a lot of them were much more stubborn, a lot, a lot more, um, how do I say this? They, they, they didn't want to lose that um, kind of locus of control. Mm -hmm. They really wanted to be in control of mm -hmm. things. So I had to frame my narrative and tell them like, hey, look, you're in control. Mm -hmm. You actually are able to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. You just need to realize that you're in control of your rehab. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to go do the exercises, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. But I'm here just to help you get better. Mm. And I can give you all of the tools you need, but it's going to be you to get yourself better. That's how I had to frame my narrative. Mm -hmm. And that just ties into what we're kind of trying to do. We just need to have the right narrative. We have to speak in the right way that our audience kind of resonates, that resonates with our audience. But I think especially having a practice in America, you're using pop culture, mm -hmm. right? Like that's the one thing that separates your practice and most, mm -hmm. if not all, is that you're using pop culture references that like people get because those are things that we grew up with. Like, mm -hmm. so when I'm watching your videos, like mm -hmm. they're like nostalgics to either like martial arts, like Street Fighter. So everyone knows like, a, like the movement, like Hayuken or like we know these like things like the, even like video game movements, right? It's like half circle four that's mm -hmm. the fireball right mm -hmm. so can you talk about like what some of the pop culture references and things that is that you grew up with and you put into your work now right so um i grew up 
consuming so much stuff. Like, I love just watching cartoons. I love watching, um, I love playing video games. So growing up, I went all the way from, I started at Nintendo. I think that was the first system I had. Super Nintendo, I love I loved fighting games. And mm-hmm. I, I loved, when they started making these 3D open world games, mm-hmm. those are the ones that really inspired me. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first, GTA, I think GTA even the ones like GTA 2, GTA 1 um, were fun. But when they got to GTA 3 and you mm-hmm. now you have this open, like almost like a sandbox. Yeah. Those are the games that really inspire me. So I loved the RPG type games mm-hmm. that ended up like um, like uh, Elder Scrolls. Uh, they had Elder Scrolls Morrowind was on computer. Mm-hmm. And that game changed my life. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized like, hey, you could get lost in these fantasy yeah. worlds. And then, um, then WoW came out after that and took it to the next level. Now yeah. you're playing with other people. Um, so these open world RPGs are kind of, they, they made a big impact on me. It mm-hmm. made me realize that how important storytelling is, mm-hmm. how important like immersion was. Right. And, um, recently in the last two years, I, I found Dungeons Dragons mm-hmm. and there's been this crazy, um, there's been this crazy kind of uptick on Dungeons and Dragons recently because mm-hmm. of this show called Critical Role mm-hmm. really kind of opened the doorway, opened the floodgates. So now it's becoming rather than this thing that you have to play in the darkness in your room. Now, now it's coming open and becoming mainstream. Yeah. And uh, we just wanted to, you know, we loved it. And we said like, hey, you know, let's capitalize on this kind of this this trend. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's really one thing that we're influenced, like we're putting in to a lot of our uh, content right now. Mm-hmm. So we're really focusing on that kind of fantasy theme um, and RPG theme and Dungeons and Dragons. So we're kind of really focusing on that, like, feel right now. But yeah. we're always, we're still trying to find that sweet spot where we can go into these other IPs um, and make content for them because we want a little bit for everything, you know? Yeah, little, little for me for as a personal trainer too, watching like fighting games, I mean, I have a huge background in martial arts mm-hmm. so I can literally watch like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter and it's like, oh, that fighting style is like Muay Thai. Oh, he's doing wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so like, and it's funny to even see like the Dragon Balls, like, oh, that's actually like, even though it's a cartoon, but like that's actually a real movement. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, um, did that also inspire like how you see the body moves as well? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, my friend, uh, my, my partner Norman, uh, he's always been, he's been in Wushu, uh, Karate, and uh, Kung Fu, I think. And I've also done a lot of martial arts myself. I took um, Aikido, I took Shotokan Karate, I took, I was in rest on the wrestling team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little bit of Jiu Jitsu, and then I took Krav Maga, like all of these things are just, it, it's, for both of us, martial arts has been this big mm-hmm. part of our lives. And and we love it, yeah. um, and and definitely we're gonna be using that a lot in 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 the way that we design our videos, mm-hmm. and it's also helping us kind of use the stuff that we learned when we were training to kind of help other people as well. So a lot of the stretches we did doing martial arts, they're just rehab stretches, but kind of in a different, slightly mm-hmm. different way. So what we we're using from that is finding that, hey, you know, there's these things from all of these other. Um, like not not just sports, but there's these there's these movements from other things like dancing as yeah. well that we can totally use as like rehab exercises, but um, you know more engaging because now it's it's interesting. And you know it's funny too. It's like people kind of forget about like or not forget don't know about the history of martial arts. Mm-hmm. It was about teaching a bit like a battalion of like hundreds of peoples, right? Like how do you get this? Well, number one, it's like. How do you have a hundred people and get them fit at the same time? So it was 
drilled katas, right? Mm -hmm. And so like we're having them do all these moves and all these moves are clinically to technically, depending on your school, post like exercise everything. So it's yeah. like now we're just doing a, now you're kind of like reinventing <laughs> that again of like taking that philosophy. It's like, oh, how do we digitally teach everyone without one instructor right because yeah. you think about it it's always, it was just that one instructor it's like mm -hmm. all right do this kata over and over again everyone did it again right you know those kung fu movies everyone mm -hmm. punched the same time right so you're like trying to do that digitally right yeah and exactly it's so funny that you say that because we're right now we're working on these kata type things mm -hmm. we're taking the idea of a kata and making these flows yeah a lot of the things right now is is these flows like move one movement to another so you're working on like three or four different muscles and we we've all done katas uh we took on um you know from all of the things we've done and we realized exactly what you said um that these are great for just teaching a bunch of people so that's exactly what we're working on right now we're working on our version of katas which will be more like maybe like a movement flow in order to uh you know train a lot of people as fast as we can so yeah it's exactly exactly it right so can you just uh to just wrap things up can mm -hmm. you talk about the next couple projects you're doing right now we mm -hmm. talked about it earlier mm -hmm. you know the so right now uh, we're still we just started in march and um this, the growth has been really good um and the feedback has been awesome but right now what we're trying to do is really build that community anything we can do to kind of build this community um and get to listen to what our viewers are interested in and making content for them. So right now we are creating a Facebook group called Gamify Fitness, where we are going to be talking and opening up one-on-one -on -one conversations to try to find out, hey, like, what's the best way for me to teach you how to do this? How do I inspire you to work out more? Do, what do you need from me? What, what tools can I give you in order for you to reach your goals? One thing we love to say is like we want to make you the hero that you want to be because we're not we're not the heroes we're just the guides we're mm -hmm. kind of like we're like gandalf giving you uh giving you the ring or mm -hmm. we're, we're like um obi-wan giving you yep. the lightsaber we are that mentor to help you get to that journey um with that goal in, in mind so we we are really building that community right now and we're building products for this community we are creating a self-assessment tool. It's going to be like a character sheet, like in D&D, &D, mm -hmm. where you self-assess yourself and then like you realize, hey, like I need to work on my biceps or something. Mm -hmm. I need to work on my lower back strength. And um, you fill it out and you have this nice cool sheet that we're making out. We're making a player's handbook in order to kind of teach you how to do that. Mm -hmm. And then um, we're, we're working with a lot of artists to, to make these, these things because we want to make it really engaging. We don't want it to be clinical. We want it to be fun. Mm -hmm. So everything we do is, is towards the user experience. We want us, our, our, our viewers to be excited about everything we do. And um, at the same time, we're building this community in order to help kind of open up those communication lines between us. So that's what we're working on right now. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. And um, I hope uh, to see you more and see these videos kind of fruition. Um, do you want to plug your um, um, socials? Yeah. So right now, um, we're just focusing on Instagram. So if you look us up on uh, at fortify underscore str on Instagram, um, that's where you can find all of our videos right now. Um, you can also look us up on Fortify Strength on Facebook. And other than that, we're, we're still working on the website. We're still building the community. So that's it for now. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. And the same as Michelle, because you love talking. <laughs>
And that's gonna do it for the fourth episode of Golden Great. Send questions, comments, and episode ideas our way to goldengreat at collaboration.org with a K. Golden Great producers are Ray Wong and Michelle Abiera, and our executive producer is Josh Cope. Sound mixing was by Michelle Abiera and editing by Ray Wong. Our fabulous theme song was composed by Robert Guh. Please like, favorite, and rate us. We'll catch you next time. Let, Let the, the fourth, fourth episode be with you. <laughs>